Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and here we are, championship weekend. Four drivers come in, one will come out as champion. When you look at the four drivers, you know, they each, you could make a case for each of them to be your championship driver. You look at Joey Logano, been there, done that. The most experienced guy in the group has a championship, has had two weeks to prepare for this championship thanks to winning the opener in the final round of the playoffs. Then you look at Chase Elliott. He won a championship just a couple years ago. You know he would like to win a championship in a non-COVID year so that he could have the big pump and circumstance of the awards banquet and a, a special night just for him. He missed all that in 2020 because of COVID. Not to mention, he's the Hendrick guy, and Hendrick seems to be pretty good of late winning championship. You look at Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell has won elimination races in each of the last two rounds. Needed the win at Charlotte. Boom, got a win. Needed the win at Martinsville. Boom, got a win. I mean, if you want a closer, I know Kevin Harvick already has that nickname, but this year... Christopher Bell has certainly been the closer. And then, of course, Ross Chastain, the guy that'll do anything to get the championship, right? He was done. He was out. Then he was in. He was out on the last lap at Martinsville. And he said, forget about it. Rode the wall all the way into the championship for the guy has no fear and has little abandon left in him. I and mean, he just goes for it at every turn. So, I mean, why not Ross Chastain? This week, we're going to talk to the guy who won his way in last week, Christopher Bell. And of course, Chris joins us as always. So let's get going. We're joined as always by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief of the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, for 477 laps, Sunday's race looked like a snooze fest. And then somebody took their chaos pills and it was on. For the second straight round, Christopher Bell wins a must-win race. So is the 20 team now the favorite for the championship, purely based on the way they performed under pressure? I, I don't know why not. I don't know who else would be. I mean, this this has, has been so hectic, so chaotic, so unpredictable, confusing. I don't know what else you can say. We're going to Phoenix. I think all four guys that are in the in the playoffs are you know, have some momentum on their side. They have reasons to be optimistic. Man, Christopher Bell is the new closer. You know, like you said, he's done it twice to go on in the next round. Uh, he's going to run good at Phoenix. It's going to happen. And he's representing Joe Gibbs Racing. So, man, it's going to be pretty good. Good for him. I mean, he's a talented young man. But uh, th this is going to be an interesting race. It's going to be an exciting race. It's going to be a really good race. Bell is joined by Joey Logano, mm -hmm. Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain, the latter of which made a move on the final lap that will be talked about for years to come. Your thoughts on that move and whether or not it should be outlawed maybe in the future, as some of the drivers were saying? Well, first of all, I, I, I have never seen anything like this. Phil Toole and I were talking about a good friend of mine. Uh, we've both been racing. He's a little bit older than me. I've seen racing for going on 50 years now. And, and Phil has too, he's seen a lot of racing. And we both, you know, I've never seen anything like that. I don't know how he even envisioned it, you know, and I've, I've, I wished I'd have been there now, but I watched a, a video, a replay today from someone sitting in the stands when it, and it was like, what is happening here? It, I mean, it looked something off sci-fi or something. So I've never seen anything like that in my life. I, I, I mean, it's going, 
I guess the word is viral around the world of sports everywhere. The, the fans were going nuts. And, you know, would NASCAR outlaw it or cut back on it? Why? I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, the fans are going crazy. And this is an entertainment business. Now, nobody wants anybody to get hurt and nobody wants to have be, you know, this to get started and people trying to do it at every track because it's not going to work. But I, I mean, man, I, let's let's at least let's enjoy it. Let's let's be able to stand some success here. So that's what's happening. So good for him. He's in the playoffs. Man, he did the walk-off move too. So uh, he's going to be tough at Phoenix. Before we move on to the championship four at Phoenix, one more little loose end to close the book on Martinsville. Ty Gibbs punted his teammate in the closing lap of the Xfinity Series race. He got the win. If he had just run second to Brandon Jones, two Joe Gibbs racing teams would have been in the championship four. So, Chris, is this move, is it too much? Is it different than what Bubba Wallace did a few weeks ago in Vegas? Does Gibbs maybe need to show he's not that he's ready for cup? Does this show that maybe he's not mature enough? Or am I just being way too hard on the kid? No. Uh, this was just, I mean, this was just downright bone-deep stupid. Now, I mean, you can't say anything else about it. If you try to analyze it any and every way you can, uh, to, to wreck a teammate who's trying to get in the playoffs, the last round of the playoffs, to run for a championship with his worth a lot of money. Th this, this guy's a member of his granddad's team. He's a teammate. He's an employee. Other employees of the team also get bonuses off this. So they're making their living off this. And in the process of eliminating Brandon Jones, his teammate, for really no reason, because Ty's in there anyway, uh, eliminating Brandon Jones allowed probably the most dangerous driver to go to Phoenix for the championship in being Justin Algar, who's got a tremendous record at Phoenix. So now we're talking double stupid. Um, I, I don't, the, the penalty in my mind, if I was, you know, I would sit, I would sit the boy out for Phoenix. I think it's, just, you know, good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Now, other people will argue that because it was a, you know, much slower racetrack than, than uh, Las Vegas, and it was a different situation, I guess, instead of just paying somebody back being a retaliation, it was also gaining a position and gaining a win, maybe that factor into it. Um, I'd be honest with you, I call poppycock on that. I think he, he wrecked the guy. Uh, there was no reason to do that, uh, no justification. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it was an ugly moment for Gibbs Racing. It was an ugly moment in that kid's career, and he's going to have a long time rebounding from this. And that's really bad because he's a great driver and got a big future in front of him. And, you know, the, the fans' reaction was pretty, uh, you know, pretty real. I mean, it tells you what was going on there and what people thought of it. And um, I don't know. I just, I know I heard a little bit of Joe Gibbs' interview with, I believe, Claire B. Lang on Sunday night about it. And he said, uh, he said, we, we wish it would have never happened. Well, uh, obviously. But uh, we'll see on the consequences. You know, I think Brandon Jones is racing at Phoenix. You know, he's going to be in the field. And, and he's not going to be a Joe Gibbs car next year. Nope. He's leaving. He don't have to worry about somebody there in getting fact, mad at him. The other three teams that are racing will be his teammates next year, or well, that will be his team that because will a couple be of them company. will not be there. That's so, exactly right. So, um, hmm. It's really funny because uh, 
Coy Gibbs was actually asked about it in the post race because he represented Joe Gibbs Racing uh, after yes. Christopher Bell's, and you could tell that it made him incredibly uncomfortable to even talk about it. I don't know. It, I know they're frustrated, but I don't know that they haven't already tried to deal with it, and maybe the kid's not listening because I just get the feeling that this. I don't know any of this other than just my own observation, but I just get the feeling that that this is not what Joe or Coy or anyone in that organization wants to be happening, but oh, they, no. they, they can't seem to be able to get their arms around and control it. One of the things I saw mentioned uh, earlier this week was maybe 2311 ought to send him out, send him out the cup race um, because they're not going to send him out the Xfinity Series race, obviously, because he's racing for a championship. There's too much money, but there's no reason that he has to be in that cup race on Sunday. No, I, I've heard people say, you know, he's he's having to process a lot. There's a lot going on. There's been a lot thrown at him. There's this. There's that. Well, man, if if you know, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen because we got to get the food cooked. Somebody's got to do it, and it's got to be right. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't want to be the Grim Reaper about the boy, but now he's, he's in a position where he's got a lot of equipment around him that costs a lot of money and has a lot of people's man hours in it to get ready. There's a lot of financial, a lot of financial ramifications on all these guys, their actions on the racetrack and off. And then there's, you know, two, they're just a plain old safety factor. I mean, this could get out of hand. And I, I think we're at a, I think we're on thin ice right here. I really do, overall. I think we're on thin ice. I think somewhere along the line, somebody's got to draw a line, got to make a line. And, and it won't make everybody happy, but you got to put a line in the sand to where these guys know, ooh, I don't go over that because the cliff's on the other side of that line in the sand. So... I don't know. I was very disappointed to see it. I, you know, and everybody I've talked to is the same you know, social media comments, talk to them on the phone, text message. It's, it's all the same. It's like, oh my gosh, what is he thinking? And uh, anyway, I, I feel sorry for Brandon Jones. He's a good young man. He's a good race car driver. His sponsors, uh, Reem, has supported him and some others uh, on, that, on that car and has been, been very loyal and has pumped a lot of money into Joe Gibbs Racing. So. Uh, not too good is all I can say about it. Well, and the kid handled it really well, too. And just to close the book oh, yeah. on that, I'll say you can't like what he did and hate what, what Bubba did or vice no, versa. it's not possible. Yeah, it's they're, not possible. they're both in the same, same branches of the same tree. All right, yep. let's put a period on yep. that. Yep. And let's, let's look now to the championship four race in the desert. Give me your keys to getting around Phoenix and then tell me who's hoisting the cup at the end of the day on Sunday. The, the keys on Phoenix is that the, this racetrack, again, it, there's no part of that racetrack that replicates another part. You know, the, the front straightaway is just a really weird deal. It's, you come off the fourth turn, it's a very quick trial and then it kind of keeps turning, and then it goes straight before you get down in the third turn, but there's this great big wide safety apron that everybody runs down on. They'll go seven, eight wide sometimes after a restart and so on and forth, so forth. Third and fourth turn is is historically very long, very flat. They do a lot with the with the prep, the track prep to try to widen out that groove. It gets very edgy up toward the top, especially in turn one and two. Long back straightaway, a lot of brakes. Man, it it just takes Heather. It's a lot. It's uh, this is an arrow racetrack because it's a fast half mile. There's a lot of grip in some places. Tires do fall off some. It's hard on the brakes. A lot of pressure here. Man, it's, it's really, to be honest with you, it's kind of a crew chief's nightmare. 
I'll just be honest with you, but the drivers love it. So, um, I, man, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, it keeps coming back in my mind, though, that, that Joy Logano and Penske Racing has a good record there. And I don't know with these new cars, I don't know if that makes any difference or not. So, uh, if you held a gun to my face, I'm taking a 22. So you're taking the only defending champ in, yeah. in, in, in the group. But I don't, I, I don't feel powerful about that. I mean, after what Crystal Dale did on Sunday, after what Ross Chester did on Sunday, uh, Chase Elliott is the guy that's probably struggling the most. It seems like they can't get their, just can't get it in fourth gear or fifth gear or whatever it is, you know, enough to really get going and have good runs to make me feel good about him. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just, my gut feeling says the 22 may have the advantage I think they got the best crew chief. All right, so you like the, the team that has a championship driver. I like the team that has a two-time defending or two-time championship crew chief in Christopher Bell. All right, thanks for joining us today, Christopher. Congratulations on making the championship four. Thank you so much. Um, all right, well, before we look forward, let's talk about Sunday. I mean, crazy race. Second time in a row you close it round with a must-win walk-off win. What is it about your team that you were able to perform in these high-pressure situations? Yeah, I mean, I just – I can't say enough about the group that we have. And, and, you know, Adam Stevens, my engineers, just showing up with the one of the strongest cars on the track, my mechanics, you know, putting together the the car. So, you know, they, they're the reasons why we're here. You know, for me, I'm the – guy that gets to hold the steering wheel but if my car is no good then uh i'm not able to perform at my at the highest levels so um you know the reason why we won is because my guys brought the best car and uh, i'm forever forever grateful to them i don't think that adam gets enough play in this whole uh equation he is the crew chief that has been here and done this more than any other crew chief in the championship for how important is, is his experience in the playoffs to your team yeah, I mean, just having a guy as smart and as knowledgeable as Adam Stevens is is a huge advantage to the 20 group. So, you know, he's a two-time champion, um, and I would love to make him a three-time three-time champion on Sunday. So looking ahead to Phoenix, how do you feel about that track um, and your ability to, to go do that? Uh, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I feel really good about it. Um, it's been a great track for me. And if you're going to say, pick a racetrack that you would want to have the final four at Phoenix would be right up there at the top of the list. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say other than I do feel good about it. And, and Phoenix is one of my better racetracks. The fact that you were able to, cause this is obviously not necessarily a must win per se, but you definitely have to be the best finisher of the, of the four out there. In fact, you've already done that twice. Does that give you a little bit of an advantage compared to the other guys in this group? Because you're the guy who's already done this. Yeah, I, I feel good about it. And, you know, I'm just kind of trying to picture that there's another round after Phoenix that I got to win to advance. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the the other three competitors are going to be all really strong. You know, they're they're great race car drivers, talented race car drivers with great teams behind them. And, and that's why they're in this position. So, uh yeah, we'll uh, go see what happens here at Phoenix, but I do feel really good about this 20 car. What's been the difference this year? 
because obviously everybody knows based on your previous championships and your performances in other series that you're incredibly talented, but I don't think anyone had you on their list of guys that were going to be in the championship for, it seemed like, you know, you guys made the pit crew uh, swap in the middle of the summer and then just the whole team kind of just came on. So what, what was the light bulb for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think the light bulb was having practice and qualifying and, and not having that last year in 2021 really, really hindered our performance and just not being able to get on the same page with Adam as far as what I need in the car and, and the feedback that he needs to hear. So having practice and qualifying really opened the door for us to start performing at the top. And uh, yeah, the pit crew swap was a huge deal. You know, I think if we would have, had this pit crew early on in the year, I would be at, you know, a number of wins more than where we are now. Um, and I think that uh, sky's the limit for this 20 group in the future. And, and hopefully it starts with a championship this week. So when, the, when it comes to the pit crew, is it just chemistry? Because, I mean, the guys that were on this pit crew that were on Bubba's pit crew and vice versa, it wasn't working. I mean, is it just as simple as the chemistry? Because I mean, it's, the same guys just in same positions just different teams yeah I mean I think it's uh it's just the way that they work together you know it, it I, I don't exactly know there's a lot of science and a lot of data and analysis that goes into putting people to work well together but just like a driver and a crew chief has their language how they communicate how they talk to each other you have your tire changer, you have your tire hanger, you have your jack man. And if they're not all completely in sync, then you're, you know, you're, you're this much off. And whenever you're this much off, you're losing spots on the track. So um, by changing the combination of the changer, the jack man and the carrier, um, and it may just be one piece of that, that equation, uh, but it allows everyone to get more in sync. And that's, a, that appears to be what has happened for both pit crews. Despite the fact that you've had to have these these walk off wins, I feel like your team is really performance wise, maybe not luck wise, been one of, if not the most consistent teams in the playoffs. When did you guys know that despite the luck that you guys had a chance to, to be a championship contending team? Uh, so that's a great question. And, you know, I would say Adam, our crew chief he knew that race two or three of the season, you know, he felt like we were right there and capable of racing for a championship and making the final four. Um, for me, I would say it race 10, 11. Uh, I just remember going to Dover, Charlotte, Darlington at the, in the spring and we competed extremely well, but got terrible finishes at those three races. And I was like, man, if it could come together, we're going to be really good. And, uh, you know, we found ourselves right on the cutoff line for the playoffs and making up a lot of points. Uh, but it was very apparent that we were going to need to win a race to make the playoffs. And then whenever we did win at Loudoun, um, that was a very key moment into me believing that we could be a championship title contender. How much do you get to enjoy the ride? I mean, you and a lot of the other drivers that I talk to in these Zoom calls, you're so uber focused. So how much do you actually get to enjoy this 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 incredible season that you're having. Yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, especially in my position, uh, I feel like I've been down more than I've been up because it's been, especially the round of 12, a terrible race at Texas, a terrible race at Vegas made for uh, two miserable weeks. 
And then all of a sudden you're back on top of the world after Charlotte and then uh, right back into the dumps after Vegas. So, you know, it's been a lot of downs and uh, a very, or a couple very, very key highs. Do you let yourself think about what might happen if you win? Do you, do you let your mind go there or are you just trying to focus on performance? Uh, not really. Other than talking about the logistics and, you know, Nancy, my PR girls over here and, saying if we win we have to go across country and stuff but uh so you have to talk about the logistics but i try not to you know think about uh that you know just try and focus on the task at hand and um guess what i'll either be a champion or i won't one or the other so what's this week like do you is it just a lot of pr is it do you get sim time practice time what's what's the week like for preparing for this yeah i mean it's competition wise it's very much business as usual and and you know whether it's the final four race or uh, a race early on in the season you you're going there to win so it's not like we can put any more focus on this race than any other race because uh if we did do that then we weren't doing our job early on in the season but definitely from a media obligation there's a lot around it and uh it's a big deal so you know just trying to take it all in and enjoy the moment so for my final thought, I'll go ahead and make my championship pick. You heard it a little bit there with Chris already, but it is Christopher Bell. And the reason I feel like Christopher Bell has a chance to win the championship is just for the reasons I laid out there with Chris. Needed to win, needed to win, got it done. When you have a guy that this pressure, he's already felt it twice, like there's no extra pressure on his shoulders, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you pick that guy? So as I said in the opening, you can make a, a case for any one of the four drivers, and I think they all have equal odds in my mind of winning it but I just like Christopher and his and his cool demeanor and his uh delivering under pressure this season that will do it for the backstretch we'll see you next week